If you guys would, please find your seats. We are continuing our summer series on the Song of Ascents. The Song of Ascents, uh, the Psalms of Ascents are songs that the Israelites would sing as they came up into Jerusalem in one of the three pilgrimage feasts every year. So three times a year they would come up to Jerusalem to celebrate and they would sing these psalms as they're going along the way. Pastor Blake kicked us off last week with Psalm 120. And this morning we're in Psalm 121. Hear now the word of God. A song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning, I want us to look at two questions. So adults, listen well. We're going to look at two questions. The first is, why do we need our eyes lifted? And the second question is, what do you see when you look up? Why do we need our eyes lifted and what do you see when you look up? And kids... Kids, I want you guys to listen for three words. Listen for three words. And even if you don't know what these mean, I want you to ask your parents afterwards. The three words are owls. Owls, like the bird. Pilgrimage and companion. So owls, pilgrimage, and companion. So first, why do we need our eyes lifted? Why do we need our eyes lifted? This past week, I had a birthday. Don't clap. You haven't heard the punchline. I turned 40. I know. I saw some. I realize that puts me in a category where I'm older than two-thirds of you. I turned 40 years old. Now, what does that mean? Let me give you an example of what that means. As my wife and I were talking about it at the beginning of last week, uh, she was asking me, you know, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm pretty difficult to shop for. And this was at night, we were brushing our teeth, and I said, you know what? Like, what I really would like is some new nose hair trimmers.
Priorities change, don't they? And I got to thinking about that. Thinking about all these things I have in my life that are very old, right? I have a pocket knife that I got when I was 11 years old. I still use all the time. I have a T-shirt that I got in 1995 that I still wear. It's 25 years old, right? If you're in college, I have a T-shirt older than you. I have shoes that I wore, that I still wear, that I wore in my, fur, in my only waiter gig. They're 20 years old. And I got to thinking about my nose hair trimmers that I currently have. I thought, man, they're, I need new ones because they're worn out. Man, they've, they've had a good 10-year run, right? I couldn't sleep last night, and I thought, how old are these things? So I looked it up on Amazon. They're not even three years old yet. And I thought, that's, I guess, a key to turning 40. <laughs> I don't wear out a shirt that's 25 years old or shoes that are 20 years old. I wear out a nose hair trimmer within three years. And I only have to cut this part of my head about three times a year. When you're 20, you ask for particular gifts. When you're 40, you just think, I'm just cashing it in, you know. And for those of you who are over 55 or 60, goodness gracious, God bless you. The fact that you made it here this morning is an amazing feat. I hope I'm in your shoes someday. Why do we need our eyes lifted? Because we see stuff like this, right? You turn 40, you turn 50, you kind of look back on your life and you go, man, this is, what just happened? Where did it go? Why do we need our eyes lifted? Because we are so good at looking down. We're so good at looking on the horizontal. We're so good at looking on the horizontal. We're down lookers by nature. We're people owls. Right? What does an owl do? He never looks up. Right? He always perches himself up. He's trying to find food, and he looks down. I want you to notice what we said in our confession of sin. We confess that we have placed our hope in things that cannot help. Spouses, children, family, friends, money, work, hobbies, recreation, safety, comfort, health, longevity, secure futures, better tomorrows, and in all things that our eyes perceive as permanent but will surely fade. We are people who by nature, who look for hope in things in this world in good shoes, in family and friends, and in nose hair trimmers that will last more than three years. I don't know about you, but as I reflect upon that sentiment, it doesn't bring me much comfort. And that's why we read the Psalms. That's why we read the Psalms. Verse 1 in this Psalm starts us out with a bang. I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? 
if you think about the topography of this area, in order to get to Jerusalem, really from three sides, you would either have to pass through the lower Hinnom or the Kidron Valleys. And you could imagine these pilgrims coming to Jerusalem in a fairly mountainous area. In order to get to Jerusalem, have to descend 500, 1,000 feet vertically and then come up to Jerusalem. And it is in that position that the psalmist says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? The psalmist raises his eyes in order to see help. Because we see in verse 2 how he answers this. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Many of us know the psalm well. But I want us to look very carefully at this one Hebrew word, ezer. It's the word for help that we see in the Old Testament. Because I believe that just simply by language barrier, what we believe about help is very different in English than what it was in Hebrew. One of the, really the first time that we see this in Scripture is in Genesis 2.18, where it says, The Lord said, to the man, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make for him a helper. So he makes the woman. How do we use the word helper? For us, helper has a different meaning, doesn't it? If you're a mom or a dad and you have a little one and you're making breakfast, doing something, you say, hey, do you want to be daddy's little helper? Which means, in that context, you're not really going to help and you're going to make a mess of it. Sometimes, hey, can you help me with this? Open the door, lift something, carry groceries in, whatever it may be. But it almost always implies some sort of subordinate role. You're the primary lead, and whoever the helper is, is coming alongside you in that way. The New English translation translates Genesis 2 in this way. It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a companion for him. The Hebrew word there, ezer, is translated as companion. And if God is described as a helper in the Bible, lots and lots of times in the Psalms, then it can't be for a term for a subordinate role, Right? It can't. It has to mean something more like indispensable companion. Indispensable companion. Or someone who does something for us that we cannot do. Which type of helper is God to you? Is he... The one who comes alongside, maybe make a mess, but can do the very thing that you can do. Or is he the indispensable companion? The one who can do what you cannot. So I want to leave you with that. 
in close, what do you see when you look up? What do you see when you look up? The answer that this psalm gives is this. You see clearly the one who does that you cannot. The rest of the psalm explains this. When you look up, I lift my eyes to the hills. I look to Jerusalem, to the temple, to the place where the Lord dwells. The temple, of course, is no more, but I look up to where he is. Where does my help come from? He does what I cannot. He is the one who keeps your foot from slipping. He is the one who never sleeps. He is the one who keeps you. He is the one who protects you from the scorching reality of what you can see and the dreaded darkness that you cannot see. He is the one who protects your life, who keeps you from evil forever. That's what we see when we look up. We see our help, our helper, clearly. So what do you want to see, friend? Do you want to look and look around and see what's in the valley? Is that where you want to set your hope? In good tremors? In better health? Do you want to set your hope in air conditioning? Or do you want to look up and set your hope what's on that hill? What do you want to see, that which gives you no hope? Or do you want to look up to Golgotha and see your Savior crucified on a hill, on the cross? Do you want to look up and do you want to see a resurrected Savior who has ascended to the Father on your behalf? Do you want to look up and see a Savior who intercedes for you even at this moment at the right hand of the Father? Lift up your eyes to the hills. Where else could your help come from? Let's pray. Father, we look to you. Both lifting our eyes, and we ask that you would lift our eyes. Much like we saw in the Gospels. Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.